What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Life with Sean and Sean podcast. I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor, coming to you live with another episode, episode 20 of season two, Talent and Table Salt. Talent and Table Salt. What does that even mean? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of a weird one. You know, <laughs> um, you kind of explained it really well earlier, um, kind of talking about how well, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh. <laughs> that was a setup. That was a setup. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the impending conference finals, mm-hmm. the end of the year awards, and that reference, which is from Stephen King, is from a famous Stephen King quote, King mm-hmm. quote, the famous author and filmmaker and actor, where he says, talent is cheaper than table salt. Right. Give me the hard work. The person that works hard. As a matter of fact, here's the actual quote. Talent is cheaper than table salt. What separates the talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into that, huh? Right. This, this year's playoffs have been crazy. Yeah. This season, everything. We were just talking about that offline, right? Mm-hmm. And so to dive right in for the first segment, we have Don't Tempt the Fates. Right. Right? And that could be... For when we talk about the fates, we're talking about the Greek uh, goddesses of fates, which was like three goddesses or whatever, who mm-hmm. like held the fate of humanity. They like determined people's fates and say you don't want to tempt them and all that. Mm-hmm. A couple teams did that this year. Yeah. And they did not win the championship. Right. Right. So who are those teams that really jumped out to you? Um, well, the, the Nets. Yeah. First of all, the Lakers probably. Yeah. Um. I know. A little bit, a little bit with the Lakers. Yeah, I know Philly. Philly, they got some pieces. Right, Brooklyn and, and Philly were the two big ones, right? Mm-hmm. And so to tie that together, where we talk about talent and tempting fate and all that, right? Mm-hmm. In the case of Brooklyn, they trade away a bunch of young good players, mm-hmm. right? Like Karis LeVert, like what's the kid's name, Jared Allen. Yeah, really tall shot blocker, right? Mm-hmm. For James Harden. Yeah, Torian Jay- Prince. Torian Prince, right? Mm-hmm. That, very good player, right? Mm-hmm. James Harden was injured for most of the season, injured in the playoffs, and the Nets got bounced by the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Despite some heroic stuff from, from KD. Yeah. Um, and obviously Kyrie also got hurt, mm-hmm. but they're out, right? Right. Then you have Philly, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. They tanked for years to get Embiid and Simmons, and they got beat by the Hawks. Yeah. Right? Just beat. I mean, good. Both of those series went to seven games, mm-hmm. but they got beat. So it's like, did, was the process really worth it? Because y'all were bad for years, subjecting your fans to all this terrible basketball to mm-hmm. get these players, and you've never been to a conference finals. Yeah. Right? Like, the process the process ain't going to be over for like a good 15, 30 years if it stays like this. <laughs> so that's the trajectory they're on, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think... I mean, obviously, again, to go back to the title of the show and, and the quote, talent is che- cheaper than table salt. It's the, the hard work that separates the individual, or in this case, the team, right? Mm-hmm. And not to say, obviously, all these NBA players work hard, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that there's something to be said about working hard throughout the entire process without skipping steps, mm-hmm. right? And in Brooklyn's case, they kind of tried to merge this super team together, and it didn't work out for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Philly's case, they played bad basketball, the tank, basically, which I hated that the whole time because I'm like, why would you do that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of cheating the process to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and then it, it hasn't worked. Even with LeBron and the Heat, mm-hmm. they put together this super team, not one championship, not two, not three, not four. They got two out of it, barely mm-hmm. eked out two, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, is that just a bad way to go about things? I think I, I've started to realize it probably is. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then you look on the flip side, the San Antonio Spurs, which has kind of been the blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. They won five championships throughout Greg Popovich's tenure, and he's been the longest tenure coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they just... they have always been good, at least. They've never really been bad. Even though they didn't make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. they were at least competing for one. Yeah. Right? So what do you think it is that separates, I mean, obviously hard work, right? And, again, not taking anything away from these teams that lost because they obviously work hard, right? Right. Although, real quick sidebar, and I'm very critical of James Harden, mm-hmm. he did not come into camp in good shape. No. He didn't. Right. And he paid the price for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, people were trying to say, oh, well, you're, you know, you're hating or you're nitpicking. No, he was not in good shape. Yeah. And he pulled his hamstring and mm-hmm. could never fully recover from that. that. A hamstring is typically when you're not in great shape. Yeah, and I was trying to tell people when the Harden trade did go down, I was like, listen, I am, although I am, you know, not a fan of the Nets because I know that, you know, they could compete with my favorite team, I will still say this. From the most objective like standpoint, I I can say or like I can take James Harden coming into the season not you know in the best shape and out of shape and stuff and you know with the stuff he did with Houston I just feel like that's all gonna come back because you, you did say that yeah, early because because car- karma is a thing it, yeah it, it is a real thing I'm yeah. telling you and it happened it happened James Harden in the Nets they got bounced out in the second round if James Harden would have been healthy. Probably wouldn't have happened. No, it, it most definitely wouldn't have happened. Right. Because there's no way the Bucks can be a healthy Katie and a healthy Harden. Right. Even without Kyrie. Yeah. They're just not doing it. Yeah. No, and I totally agree. And obviously Kyrie had the terrible ankle sprain. What was that, game four or game five maybe? I think it was game. Yeah, it was game four. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was And I remember because when I came in, we were over at Aunt Carol's house. Mm-hmm. And you guys got there before I did. Shout out to Aunt Carol. Um, but... When I, as soon as I came in, you're like, oh my God, Kyrie got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what is it? You said it's an ankle. I'm like, oh, you know, he could probably come back from that, right? Maybe not this game, but the next game. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the replay. I said, oh no, he's done. Yeah. He's done because his ankle touched the ground. Yeah. You know, like that was whatever the, the severe grade level five ankle sprain is. It was that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you think if they would have kept some of those young pieces. Mm-hmm. Someone like a Karis LeVert. Yeah. Right? Who could just... He's a bucket, right? Uh-huh. Um, and Jared Allen to play a little bit, to shore up that, that pain a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you wonder what would have happened. Yeah. Right? And obviously, you, it's hard not to trade for James Harden or a player of his caliber. Mm-hmm. But I think you hit it right on the head. And you, you were saying that early, son. You were spot on. Yeah. And you were like, I just don't think that this is going to end well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was just... It, it's it's just not a good way to go about things. I yeah. feel like, especially when it's like, you already got so much offense tied up into two players, mm-hmm. and it's just another dude who's very ball dominant. Right. And you know, three ball dominant dudes. I don't think 
I don't know if we've ever... I, no, we definitely have not ever seen that type of big three. No. So, it's just like, yeah, that's just... No, it's not a good way to go about things. So, right. Yeah. And then one thing that I always talk about is... In the game of basketball, the ball needs to be alive. Mm-hmm. And everyone needs to touch the ball. There needs to be a flow to the game, right? Mm-hmm. And even though Doc Rivers... um just used to, I mean, he just got bounced out the playoffs, and we're about to go into that in a minute. But mm-hmm. he would always talk about that and talk about Ubuntu, right? Yeah. Like it's about it's about the 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 team, right? It's not about one individual. Mm-hmm. And so we get into your guy Joe Harris, and Joe Harris is struggling, right? Right. And so I know that shooters supposed to shoot. I get that, right? Right. But it's hard to just shoot. Yeah. And, like, you don't touch the ball for long stretches of time in any meaningful way. Yeah. I know for me, that would be difficult. If it was just like, oh, when I catch it, if I haven't got a shot up in 10 minutes or touch the ball really in any meaningful way in 10 minutes, it's going to be hard for me to make that shot. Right. So that kind of speaks to what you were saying about them being ball dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really struggled in the playoffs, especially in the series against the Bucks. Yeah. He did not do well at all, which you also called that. You said, I, I don't trust Joe Harris. I'm like, man, Joe Harris got a chopper. You're like, that. I don't trust him. So yeah, you're ahead of the curve on that. <laughs> and so then you go to Philly, right? Because mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of assumed, at least I assumed, that Philly and the Nets would be the one of the, like one of those teams were coming out of the East mm-hmm. when Boston showed that they weren't going to be very good, right? Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't, a lot of us weren't high on the Bucks. It was like Philly and the Nets. Mm-hmm. And Philly just, I mean, they, they beat my Wizards pretty handily, right? Mm-hmm. But they they got exposed against the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, what did you see in that series? Aside from the obvious things, which we'll get into, but what other things did you see in that series? Well, I mean, um, first of all, people were talking about how Embiid, you know, wasn't at full strength. Right, partially torn meniscus. Yeah, partially torn meniscus, which, you know, you know, Partially torn meniscus, so yeah, probably true. You know that does seem right a, li- a little serious, but he still did hoop. He still did do his thing. Yeah, he killed and he yeah. killed. Yeah, he killed. He really did. And plus, the Hawks have some good athletes. They do. So you got to give him credit for what he did. He still deserves a lot of credit, and I think that they should you know continue to build around what they already have with Embiid. Right. And you know m- you know keep him as a star. So he's the franchise player, no doubt. I think, yeah, he's the franchise player. You've already got someone. You don't need to look to trade him away anytime soon. Right. I think, you know, he's good. As long as he doesn't keep getting injuries. True. Like that. True. And he maybe needs to get in a little better shape. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I think that as a whole, outside of maybe like one player that we're probably all thinking of, I think as a whole, Philly, you know, didn't play bad. I, I don't think that they played bad. Right. But I think... Having someone who's supposed to be, you know, your facilitator, supposed to kind of run the offense, and, you know, be that guy who picks up, um, like, the primary ball handler mm-hmm. and, you know, locks him down. I think when he, he being Ben Simmons, right, right. is struggling the way that he is yeah. or that he was, it's just going to bring the whole entire team down. Yeah. And that's what everyone has been starting to realize. Right. Is that, you know... Ben Simmons' lack of shooting is hard to process. Right, it is. It's hard to process. That's yeah, true. and it's like you know, you would say, "Oh, well, maybe he'll get a jumper this offseason." But like, if you continue to say that, like, 
eventually it's just never gonna happen. Right, that's it's, a great point. It's like the other day when someone tried to tell me that give Giannis a, like another year to, right. develop, to, to develop a jumper because he's not in his prime now. I'm like, no, he's in his prime now. He's not gonna develop a jumper. Yeah, it's like, tw- like what, like twenty five, twenty six, right, something around that. So it's like, yeah, and it's like Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, and shooting mechanics are terrible. Yeah, like he just, and he's what third year. No, he just finished his fifth year. He finished his fifth year. Yeah, he was the number one pick of the 2016 draft. Right. Oh, wait, wait. Did he he missed the season. Oh, he missed. That's right. Yeah. So he missed his first season due to injury. And so he just played his fourth year. Yeah, so it's just like, like really, is, is Ben Simmons actually going to develop a jumper? I really don't think so. Right. And, you know, people are going to keep pushing for it. It's, it's, it's realistically probably not going to happen. Right. So just pairing... You know, I feel like when you have that type of player, he shouldn't be on a team where he's going to be like the second option or supposed to be the second option. I feel right. like that's really going to bring the whole team down yeah. when he can't perform on that level. So um, I was listening to someone, they were saying, you know, Philly really has to look and just, you know, th- like really question this duo and really, you know, decide what they're going to do right. um, this offseason. And it has to be this offseason. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to get too much into the off season for Philly because right. you know that we'll be coming up a little bit later. Yeah, but yeah. No, but hey, Sean, you raise a great point about a point guard, especially a point guard is like a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Or they say a point guard is like an extension of the coach on the floor, or a second coach or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just about not being able to shoot. It's not. It's about not being able to perform at a high level when called upon. Because when I was growing up, a point guard, coaches always told me, point guards are supposed to facilitate first. Mm-hmm. And then if the offense is stalled or things aren't working, then you need to score. You need to get a bucket or look to be aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to make sure you're hitting certain people in certain spots or sweet spots or whatever. If mm-hmm. someone's struggling, you might want to get them going early or whatever as the point guard, I mean. Mm-hmm. And... There's just there's a lot more responsibility placed on your shoulders than just making buckets or not making buckets, right? Right. And so the fact that he shot historically bad in the playoffs and especially in this series, I think really just bludgeoned his confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also exposed because I, I've been very critical of Ben Simmons, and I'm going to really try hard not to pile on right now because mm-hmm. I saw a, a post from Dwight Howard on Instagram. He was saying, you know, got to show the young guy some love because he, he still is young, right? Mm-hmm. Like Uncle Quillen on the group text earlier, shout out to Uncle Quillen, was uh, saying, you know, people are probably piling on right now, right? Like he knows he didn't play well, and he admitted that. He said, I played terrible, yeah. right? Um, but the highlight was like, or the soundbite was, it is what it is. I am who I am, right? But he said way more that than that in his post game interview. But mm-hmm. I've been critical of Ben Simmons and his lack of overall development. Right. We talked about it on this podcast, where it's like, yes, he can pass, but he's not an elite level passer because his mechanics aren't great. Mm-hmm. The way he turns his hips, the way he sets his feet, right? Just it's there. It's not great. Right. You know, you look at LeBron, you look at Chris Paul, you look at Rajon Rondo, these guys who are in the league now who are phenomenal elite level passers, mm-hmm. LaMelo and Lonzo Ball, Hard. Harden, and they do certain things that Ben Simmons cannot do. Yeah. Right? And then, so there, there's that piece, but then there's also the fact that he's got like a lot of size, 
but he's not necessarily physical. Because mm-hmm. when you're you have size, you can't just it's not football. You can't just run through people. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to use that size and use angles and still have some type of moves. Yeah, whether it's just a jump hook or a counter or whatever. But he he has not developed that. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to say it's being forced for him to play a point guard because I don't know what Benson's preference is. Right. Well, let me jump in for a second on our on our group text today with your uncles. I said something similar, and I'm like, but the only thing is, Ben Simmons said, I'm a starting point guard in this league. Because mm-hmm. someone was questioning that, like a reporter questioned him like a year or two ago about that, right? Mm-hmm. And he shot back immediately, no, I'm a starting point guard in this league. So he wants to be a point guard. Yeah. I'm sorry, please continue. So, I don't know, maybe Ben Simmons, you know, just, I don't know if he thinks that he's something he's not really, uh-huh. but... You know, Ben Simmons is not like, uh, like he's not, obviously, everyone knows this, but he's not like a, a Magic Johnson type where he has like a handle, you know, he doesn't have like, you know, just like 16 assists per game or something like right, that. Right, right. Like he doesn't, you know, the way that he plays is, you know, not not like him. And the only reason I'm saying this is because Magic Johnson's a one-of-one. You know, he you, is. you can't make another... Magic, so, you know, with both of them being 6'10". Right. Or, you know, maybe Magic Johnson's like 6'9", you right. know, very tall point guards. Right. I just feel like, you know, that's kind of what's what Philly's kind of trying to make. Yeah. Like, well, not, obviously not, like, all of what Magic Johnson was. Right. But, like, a little, you know, like... I don't want to say rip-off version. Oh, my God. Like, like, because he's not a rip-off. In that same mold. Yeah. In the same mold. Like, he's not not the same mold, you know. Like, you have to have the the handle. You have to to be physical, at least. You know, you have to be, you know, willing to, you know, be a little more vocal. Yeah, that's true. And speak to the team. That's a great point. Really get the offense and even the defense flowing. Yeah, and you have to know how to play with pace. Yeah, you got to know how to play with pace. Right. So, I feel like Ben Simmons shouldn't be a point guard right. in this league. Right. And, you know, when I was watching the series, I'm like, I, I was saying that. I'm like, Ben Simmons shouldn't be a point guard. He should be, you know, like a, a four for a team. Right. You know, he, right. could, he could even be a really, a four on a really good team. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that, you know, I remember um, you and Uncle Trevor talking about um, Ben Simmons being a four for the Warriors or something yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. That, w- that would be great for them. Right. That would be really great for them. I think that that would really kind of just bring the defense, or more the defense aspect to the Warriors because, you know, their defense has been questioned yeah. over the past couple of years. But That's a good point. Yeah, I think that Ben Simmons shouldn't be playing the point. Right. And I feel like if he played, like, another position like the four, yeah. I feel like it would be more fitting for him. Yeah, I mean, that, and I agree with you 100% on that. I don't think he's a point guard either. And for the exact reason that you laid out, not vocal enough, um, obviously can't shoot doesn't play with a, a lot of pace or a lot of assertiveness at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's just he, I just don't think that he's a point guard. Mm-hmm. And I think that they will do him a disservice this, this summer, whether it's Philly or if he gets traded, because now everyone's saying they got to trade him, right? Which I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, but they'll do a disservice if they just focus on his shooting. Because mm-hmm. the game is so much more than shooting. And he should have, I mean, you're 14, you could outshoot Ben Simmons. And I'm not even trying to be funny. People are like, oh, he's in the NBA. Right, but he has terrible mechanics. And mm-hmm. it's like, how did you make it to this point 
And you're just, I mean, he literally, he shot 32% from the free throw line in the series. Man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, if you double that, it would still be bad. Yeah. Right? Like, if he shot 64% from the from the free throw line, you would still say he's a bad shooting, uh, free throw shooting point guard. Mm-hmm. Right? Guys like Chris Paul, Trey Young, these guys shooting the 80s and 90s. Steph Curry, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. They're almost three times that. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if, well, obviously I know what would happen if you triple Ben Simmons' free throw percentage, 96%. Would that even be, like, the highest of, like, all time? I think it would be. That's a that's a good question, but we'll have to search that. Yeah, because I know something like up. Jose Calderon, oh. um, Steve Nash. Steve Nash, right. Steve Nash was straight water. Very high right. free throw percentages. You, you would have to search up. Right. Um, Steve Nash missing a free throw right, right. to find it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. again, not to make this all about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could do a whole, we could do a whole episode on things that he needs to work on. Mm-hmm. And again, to his credit, Ben Simmons said that the reporter asked him, do you think it's free throws? Do you think it's moves? Do you think it's yada yada? He said it's all of it. Mm-hmm. I need to do all of it. So hopefully there's going to be some breakthrough there. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think with Philly in general... It's they have talent. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, who played well, right? Joel Embiid, Seth Curry played really well. Obviously, Danny Green was hurt. Uh, the kid Thibel mm-hmm. on defense, I love him defensively. Yeah, and even Ben Simmons defensively was very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that in Game Seven, he like had Trey Young. I don't want to say he had him strapped, but he was shooting like what four for twenty something. Yeah. Until he hit that one big three on Ben Simmons at the end. That was really, really clutch. Cold. It was very cold. But Ben Simmons, is a very, he's a, an excellent defender, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about the intangible stuff. It's about consistently diving on the loose balls. It's about helping each other up off the floor. It's right. about being vocal, especially when you're down, right? Not just when you're winning and the crowd's going crazy, but when you're down, mm-hmm. right? Because Philly was up on Atlanta by like, 20-something points in, what, game five, I think it was? Yeah. And they let him come back. It's like somebody's got to stop that bleeding. Yeah. You know? Someone's got to step up and not just be, you know, Joel Embiid's like the heart and soul of the team. He's demonstrative. He's funny and outgoing and all that. But someone's got to rally the troops and say, hey, that's enough. We need stops right now. And then it has to happen. All those intangible things that don't necessarily show up in the box score. Yeah, especially on the point guard. Yeah. If you you run it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um it's gonna be interesting. I think Brooklyn will obviously retool around that big three. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said a few minutes ago, a lot of folks are calling for Ben Simmons to be traded, but you know that's a lot of noise. Doc Rivers and and the GM Daryl Moore have been doing this for a long time, so I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna cave to media pressure or media scrutiny to trade him, right? right. And he's still a good young player. He's still a very good young player. There's just a lot of room for growth and development, and and we'll talk about that piece a little bit later as well. Yeah, man, I can't even say come to the Lakers. I can't. I can't Why? He can't come to the Lakers? No, you don't think so? No. You don't think he can help the Lakers? We have Townhorn Tucker. I mean, that's true, but if you to, to your point that you made earlier, right, about him playing the four, I think Ben Simmons would be great at a, as a four in today's league because yeah. the thing with him is – and I said this very early with him, especially even in the playoffs this year. I said, I don't know why Scott Brooks, now the former coach of the Wizards, right, is letting is backing all the way up off of Ben Simmons. 
Mm-hmm. Same thing with Giannis, right? He said, well, oh, he's, if he's at a three-point line, then you back all the way up because he can't shoot. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but Giannis and Ben Simmons are huge. They're big targets, and they don't turn their hips great either. Mm-hmm. So why would you not pick them up full court, mm-hmm. right, and make them turn and try to wear them out? Because if you let either one of them get a full head of steam, that's going to be a problem, yeah. a major problem. And real quick before we jump in, people would say, oh, well, you know, yeah, he's like a LeBron. Stop. Stop. Mm-hmm. Right? Just like you were saying about comparing them to Magic. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Magic's a one-on-one. LeBron's a one-on-one. So yeah. he's not on that level, but he's still very, very good. That's when he's at his best mm-hmm. is when he's on the move, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what were you about to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't really seen that yet. So Seen I'm, what? Him at the four. Right, so okay. I, I don't know if Ben Simmons is very trustworthy. But, oh man! But you know, if you want to play like one season at that position, uh-huh. and then you know, build up your value. I, I mean, I wouldn't want you to build up your value, <laughs> right. but like, but it, but if you can do that, and then he's like, okay, okay, he can be a solid role, solid role player at least. Solid role player. Then there you go. Oh wow! Okay, so you're you're giving him. He's got some uh, some criteria he's got to meet before he can even think about coming to the Lakers, huh? Right. Okay. All right, so um, we'll see how that all shakes out in the in the summer in the off season, and uh, it should be interesting. And so, uh, with this being June, almost July now, we have the 2021 NBA End of the Year Awards. Right. Right. So I'm gonna read these out, and then you tell me if there's like any that really jump out to you as far as you really agree. Or you really disagree, like you feel like they got it wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to come to that one at the end. All right. So, MVP, Nikola Jokic. Okay. Shout out to Uncle Trey. He called that one. Right. I said Embiid at first. Um, but, yeah, it was obviously Jokic. Coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau mm. for the New York. Okay. okay. You want to stop there for a second or you want to keep going? Yeah, let's stop there. Okay. Uh, I mean, that was audible. You were like, ugh. Okay, so... I understand that the Knicks. I understand that the Knicks have had a really bad drought of just you know not being good in the NBA. I I understand that fully, and I I, I really do. I want all Knicks fans that maybe watch this. I want everyone that watches this to understand. <laughs> but but the Suns were also pretty bad for a while, right? And they became the number two seed. And now are shining in the playoffs. I understand mm-hmm. the playoffs might not have anything to do with it, but still, the number two seed. But you said the Suns are shining in the playoffs. Did you mean to do that? That was excellent. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. That was that was bars, kind of. <laughs> sorry, I guess. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I guess, but but number two seed them and the Knicks kind of had almost the same little situation right where they were just bad for a while right so you're telling me that Monty Williams can't get coach of the year yeah like, I was high on Monty yeah Quinn Snyder even uh, yeah that's a good point that's a good point like we had to get so we chose Tom Thibodeau yeah well I mean I'm sorry go ahead like I mean, and I feel like Monty Williams definitely should have won that. I yeah. don't, I don't like the Suns yeah. at all. <laughs> but Monty Williams really should have won that. I yeah. think, and I don't understand why he didn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but okay. It really, really just weird. Yeah, I I thought 
Monty Williams, I thought he was like definitely going to win it. Yeah. Um, you bring up a great, great candidate in Quinn Snyder because Utah had a fantastic season. Mm-hmm. Number one overall uh, record in the league. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by Thibodeau. But it also speaks to the power of market, I think. Mm-hmm. Because the Knicks are in arguably the biggest market in the world. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks are one of the biggest franchises in the world. And people were just so happy to see the Knicks not be bad this season. So that's what I think it was. But I'm with you. I think Monty Williams deserved it. I will say, and you don't have it on the list here, um, but I remember reading it just a couple of days ago. James Jones, who's the GM for the Suns. Oh. He used to play with LeBron. Oh, and yeah. He, right? Heat. He won executive of the year. So I'm like, okay, oh. I think I think that's there's some solace there. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if he didn't win that, after that turnaround and bringing CP and Jay Crowder, which was a masterful move, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I know you, you don't like Jay Crowder because of At how all. he battles with LeBron. No, no, um, not because how he battles. Because of how he just, like, just of how he is. Oh, my God. Look, one of these days you want to get Jay Crowder on the podcast, man. Hey, you should see the look Sean just gave me. Um, but, yeah, having James Jones win that and being so young of an executive, I thought was pretty dope. Okay, so most improved player. Julius Randle. Yeah. I don't have any issues with that. Yeah. Uh, sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. Definitely don't have any issues with that because he was cooking, cooking. Yeah. Um, defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. You know, <laughs> you just, you're just lucky that Anthony Davidson played the whole season. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Because he, like, jump was wide Oh, He definitely would have won if he played this whole season. Right. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, no, I agree. And he, I mean, he does things from a versatility standpoint that I don't think anyone else in the league can do. Yeah, some people, like, don't understand what Anthony Davis uh, was at least doing last year. Right. And it was like, no, Giannis was their defense player of the year. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, go ahead, watch at least, like, five games. Right, right. And, you know, you'll see. Okay, so before we get into rookie of the year, just to kind of to to go there with the the defensive player of the year award, right? Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert to me looked awful in the playoffs defensively this year, right? Yeah, you know, on offense, I won't lie, I kind of saw him doing some stuff that I just wasn't seeing him do before. Like his footwork seemed like it slightly improved. I I didn't I didn't see that, but yeah, I'm gonna let you. Yeah, go like ahead. there was some there was very few plays where it happened, but <laughs> right. there, there was some right. where I'm like he caught the ball, took a dribble, took a pound dribble and spun okay. and went to the rim. Right. He didn't miss the shot, but <laughs> oh my god! All right, but. so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> and that was one play, right? <laughs> um, but offensively, to me, I've always said Rudy Gobert is just not good, right? Mm-mm. And I saw multiple plays this year where he would get the offensive rebound. And there was one man between him and the basket. He's legit like five feet from the basket. And he looked like he was stuck. Mm-hmm. Like he was glitching. He would take the ball and just like hold it high. Like you get, you know, they teach you, coaches teach you when you're young. Like, you know, keep the ball high. And he just was like turning to like like a water sprinkler, almost looking to throw it out <laughs> to someone, right? A water sprinkler. And I'm like, bruh, just shoot it. And just yeah, shoot it. Just, just just flip it up over him. You might miss, but just just try one, right? Yeah, you could dunk it almost. You really should. You really like when we talk about great all time centers, right? And you t- think about Rudy Gobert. This is his third defensive player of the year award, right? Mm-hmm. I think like other folks that won it three times are like Ben Wallace and like uh, Dwight Howard, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about 
prime Dwight Howard mm-hmm. getting an offensive rebound with one person between him and the basket. Yeah. Like, that person is going to get hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to maybe take a pound dribble, maybe not. But he's going up through your whole chest. Yeah, you saw John Collins do to Embiid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't... <laughs> We didn't talk about that. The, yeah. ch- the choke slam dunk. Yeah, that was bad. That's one of the... Oh, we gonna WrestleMania talk about dunk. <laughs> it was a WrestleMania dunk. Hey, that's a good one. Did yeah. you just coin that? Did someone say that before? No, I said that. <laughs> oh, we going to have to coin that. The WrestleMania dunk. That was great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm just like, bro, just... Okay, so cool. If you're going to do that, that's what you're known for doing. Like, you just don't get buckets, right? Mm-hmm. But defensively, I didn't think he was good. I didn't think he was good at all. He didn't average a lot of blocks or steals, right? Mm-hmm. And the the Clippers were just getting whatever they wanted when he was on the court. Yeah. And Uncle Trey brought it up. He was like, yeah, that happened to him last year and the year before that. And yeah. I went back and watched some film. I'm like, Uncle Trey was right. And then I saw an interview with Steven Jackson, and he was saying the same thing this year. I'm like, how did I miss that? Maybe because yeah. I didn't watch a lot of Utah games until this year. Yeah. Um. But Stephen Jackson was saying the same thing. Like, yeah, people talk about we don't need Gobert's offense because we have his defense. But when it gets to, like, you know, the levels go up, defensively he's not great either. Yeah, it was like, wow, that's just really, like, the opposite of what the Houston Rockets were talking about a couple years ago. But, like, I don't, I feel like Gobert has really, really made people think that defense, all defense is, is, like, you're a center and you get a couple blocks per game, so you win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. I'm like, that's not what it is. Yeah. And, you I know, agree. like, the only time where that hasn't happened in recent years, uh, like, in the past, like, four or five years, is when Giannis won it. Yeah. And, you that's know, that's a great point. And I feel like the only reason Giannis won it is because they wanted him to win MVP and Defensive Player of yeah. the Year. I agree with that. So it's like. I just I, I just really don't understand. I feel like not all aspects of defense are being paid attention to. I agree. So I think that, you know, just really something... I don't know if it's going to change because I don't think it's really a, a topic that, like, whoever gets to vote and decide who wins the awards, I don't think that they're really looking at that. Right. And I think that that's just something that's going to kind of stick until, you know... Maybe like Rudy Gobert gets exposed or something mm-hmm. defensively, or just just something happens. I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe the voters change up. Right. Yeah. It's just I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with your assessment a hundred percent. As far as Gobert, or at least it's seeming like there's much more value placed on a big guy who blocks a few shots because mm-hmm. he doesn't even average a lot of blocks. No, he yeah. does, it's not like four or five blocks or anything crazy like that. Yeah, that's Mark Eaton. May he rest in peace. Bro. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I understand that the game was more compact back then when Mark Eaton was playing. It was playing more in the paint. Mm-hmm. So there was more opportunities to block shots under the rim, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now big guys are asked to travel much farther away from the basket. I, I get that. But to your point, there's a lot of d- facets of defense. Mm-hmm. And it's like we don't look at the nuance anymore. Because yeah. what Anthony Davis does is incredible. There's no one in the league like him, right? Mm-hmm. And although I'm not typically for lobbying for awards, and although we were just very critical of him, Ben Simmons lobbied for the Defensive Player of the Year award this year. I think he had a legitimate case. When yeah, I watch him, people were saying that he's very good defensively. Yeah, he's excellent defensively. Yeah, he is. I mean, 
he is. I mean, I get it what happened with the Hawks and Trey Young. I, mm-hmm. I, I do understand that. But, I mean, Ben Simmons, you know, he does stuff like he'll pick up full court. Right. You know, he's 6'10", so, you know, it will help him with blocks. Right. I he's strong, too. Yeah, he's strong. It was a game where he was going Kyrie. I thought he was actually doing a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, in the regular season. You know, Kyrie did have to kind of pull out his bag and, right. you know, was kind of just getting a little saucy, which right. is just unearthly stuff almost. Right, right. But, I mean... Just still, like, the stuff that players like Ben Simmons does. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. You know. Well, prime Kawhi. Yeah, prime Kawhi. Anthony Davis. You know, those dudes. I feel like those are the dudes that it's like, you know, they're the ones who are really doing stuff on defense. Right. Right. Especially the, Anthony Davis. And Giannis still does stuff on defense, too. He does. Too. He's a very I, good I defender. won't lie. In the playoffs, I did see, you know, um times where he'd pick up, like, full court. Yeah. You know, he just kind of used the athleticism and his length. Right. You know, and which is very smart. Right. And I think that, you know, he should be up there as well. But, you know, I feel like it's just, like I said, a lot of, like, it's the blocks that matter. Yeah. To, you know, the voters and into the NBA. And I feel like that's just kind of not how it should be. But, right. Yeah, I mean, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, no, I agree. And just to, to kind of cap this point off, where you were saying before about being vocal, being more intense, those type of things. Mm-hmm. In the Hawks series, Danny Green started off on Trey Young. And I was like, what in the world is happening? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if I'm lobbying to be de- Defensive Player of the Year and Trey Young just was hot as fist grease against the Knicks, mm-hmm. oh, nah, I'm guarding him. And I'm picking him up full court from the beginning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm Matter of fact, I'm taking this matchup very personally. And I'm going to dominate this matchup. Yeah, I'm like, Danny Green's a good defender, but I want him on, like, a, a wing that, you know, exactly. is more so shooting. Like, I I want him on the shooting guard. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. I want the shooting guard guarding the other team's shooting guard. Yeah, especially Danny Green. I want Danny Green guarding the shooting guard, especially because he comes from the Spurs. Right. So it's like Greg Popovich... Probably, you know, coaching them and, you know, showing them how to guard your man. Right. So no, it's like Danny Green needs to guard his man. Yeah. Whoever's the other team shooting guard, that's who Danny Green needs to be guarding. Unless we're talking about, like, you know, I don't know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. I don't know. Right, right. No, that's a great point. Um, and so the last award, which I know you really had issue with, mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year, which I called it after two minutes of watching this kid, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. To me, it was a... It was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. And I like Anthony Edwards. And he had some big scoring nights, some electric performances, um, and that huge dunk. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I again, coming into this, I was like, LaMelo Ball, I don't know if he's going to be that good. Then I watched him play two minutes of a preseason. I said, this kid is special. He, he is special. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's why he won the award. And then he did the interview when he won his award. He did the virtual interview with the N- NBA inside the uh, inside the NBA on TNT crew, and he had on black shades and like chains, and was just so like, yeah, I'm just a rock star. Which I don't always love that whole like you know persona, unless you can back it up, and he can definitely back it up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like, you know, ho- hold on, real quick, let me just search out how many games that Nikola Jokic played. And then how many games Joel Embiid played? Oh, uh, okay. Real you're, quick. You're saying because LaMelo missed so many games that he shouldn't have won it over Anthony Edwards. But the thing is, too, while you're searching that up, the Timberwolves are terrible. 
if they were even like kind of good, I don't think that that happens. I think that Edwards probably wins it due to Lamelo missing a good amount of games. I mean, but that man is a rookie though. It's like he he's he's a rookie. Like you want him to come in and literally just he's the leader from the first. You know, like he's just the the leader. Well, no, and I I get what you're saying. But Minnesota was terrible. They may have been the worst team in the league. Matter of fact, let's look. To use the young kids term, we can search that up right now. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Joel Embiid actually played the same exact amount of games that Lamelo Ball played, and Jokic played the same, um, the same exact amount of games that uh, Anthony Edwards played. That that's a hey, you raise a good point. But he's a great point. But Jokic wins MVP, and it's it's literally not even close. It, it, like if you look at the voting, I'm pretty sure Jokic had like forty something votes. And, like, I don't know if Joel Embiid even got, like, 10 or more. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I heard something like LeBron actually might have got more than Embiid. Like, like no, nah, I, I don't think that's what it was. It, it, it was something crazy. Like, Jokic clearly won that. Yeah, he did. Like, he, as, he soon, as, as soon as the votes started coming, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jokic is, it, it's over. Yeah. But but here we come with the Mellow Ball. And I, did the Mellow Ball win pretty early? Did he win what? Pretty handily, like I don't know. I didn't see the votes. That's yeah, a good, good question. Well, I would, I would at least imagine. I, I would probably be willing to bet that Lamelo Ball probably did win pretty handily, but you know, I kind of did see him winning because you know, the media favor. Like I feel like the media kind of favors players sometimes, especially that are hyped up. Uh huh. And you know that's kind of why Lamelo Ball won, and you know that's just kind of how it always goes. But I just feel like my man Anthony Edwards doesn't like I said I was rooting for Anthony Edwards from the start. You were. I said Anthony Edwards should win it now because you know Lamelo Ball's injured, uh-huh. and you know the amount of games that you played have really taken players out of you know the conversation for certain awards, uh-huh. NBA teams. You know you see Anthony Davis; he only played half a season, so I can kind of understand it why he didn't even make an NBA team. But you see LeBron as the second team now, right? And it's just like, you know, it has taken a toll on a lot of players, but not at all for Lamelo Ball. Right. So, you know, I just kind of feel like there's a little something going on there. And I feel like, you know, I just it's kind of a case where it's the media right. you know, already has already is set on one player. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to go with that player. And that's kind of what happened, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, you could be right. And it, it, look, we're looking at the article on NBA.com. It says Ball received 84 first place votes. And earned 465 total points. Meanwhile, Anthony Edwards received the other 15 first place votes because there's 99 first place votes total, and finished with 309 points. So yeah, he beat him pretty handily. Yeah, so he, I mean, he killed him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he literally killed him. He so did. it's just like I, I don't know. Like I, I really don't know. So he's gonna just, just whoop him like he couldn't even be close. Like <laughs> he said he gonna whoop. Like, okay. It's just like how Donovan Mitchell should have won his rookie of the year. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, hey, listen. We see how that's turned out. Mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell is frying. You're not going to say Lamelo Ball is going to be like Ben Simmons because he's not. Because he's, you know, he can shoot. Yeah. But it's just like, do you see what I'm saying here? Okay. Like, I have multiple points. Right. You do have multiple points. And there was an article on ESPN that came out about a week ago. And it said, LaMelo Ball won Rookie of the Year, and the NBA has some thoughts. And the Timberwolves tweeted out, LOL. Carl Anthony Towns tweeted out the crying face emojis. And 
Anthony Edwards put a hundred on Twitter or Twitter comment that said, I don't think the NBA voters realize what they just did. You should never poke the bear. Whoa. So we're gonna see how this plays out. We're gonna see how it plays out. And I love it. I love it. I hope they battle mm-hmm. for the next fifteen years. You know what I'm saying? Trying to to outdo each other. I hope they they you know the Timberwolves are better than thirteenth place and the Hornets are better than ninth or tenth place. Mm, well, like we've already said, the Timberwolves just. The, I don't know. I I they, they might be the la- they might be the last place that I recommend anywhere like oh anyone to go gosh. because of just how how much that it's how, like just the way that they they move. I feel like they just don't move like good at all. And Jimmy Butler left, you know, pretty quickly once he realized that. So yeah, yeah then he headed to Philly. And Philly was on like the same stuff apparently. So mm. anyway, to the Heat, and I don't know if we'll ever leave the Heat. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, okay. So let's get into the All NBA teams real quick before we get the bank robbers. Mm-hmm. First team: Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Nikola Jokic. I don't see any issues there, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Second team: Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, LeBron, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid. It's pretty good. Okay. Third team: Kyrie, Brad Beal. Brad Bill, stand up. Washington, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. <sighs> it's just Rudy Gobert. Yeah, say. I mean, but who do you who do you replace him with? Sabonis. Sabonis, okay. Sabonis, and you know Sabonis played less games. Yeah. And he didn't get it, but Sabonis only played like nine less games, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, Gobert played seventy one. Sabonis played sixty two. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and Sabonis had like better stats and stuff, mm-hmm. and not in terms of blocks at least. Right. But you know, and it it's just like it's Gobert again. <laughs> and it's just, I don't think Gobert's very good. Yeah. So I I think that you know a little something you know, but Gobert's always gotten love from the NBA. Yes. Even after he shut down the entire league. So yeah, that's dang. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, objectively speaking, I guess he's the third best center in the league, right? No. I get, I mean, I like Sabonis a little bit better. I, I just like him better, period. Um, but you're right, he has always gotten love from the NBA, but I'm not like, oh my goodness, this was a travesty, right? I mean, if I'm the Lakers, give me definitely give me Dwight Howard over him. You could almost make an argument that I'd take like Bam Adebayo over him. But mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo can't shoot either, so... Yeah. Yeah, and the Heat yeah. were were they weren't very good this season. I don't know, like centers, like get get like your footwork up, or like get like yeah. a little jumper if you don't have good footwork. Yeah, I mean, I've Do something. Al- I've always said that there's going to come a time, <clears throat> excuse me, where one of these centers realizes, oh wait, I don't have to shoot threes. Like I can shoot threes, but I don't have to. I'm gonna actually master this post. In this mid post, and they're gonna dominate because the way the game is played is so spread out. When you get that guy who's even even a guard, right? Who's six six, mm-hmm. all the way up to a center that's seven feet, seven feet one, right? Seven foot, seven foot one. If you master that fourth level that we always talk about, right? That mid post mm-hmm. and that post, it's over. It's yeah. over. That person's gonna average like 35, 40 points a game. Yeah, and bead. Uh, and maybe sometime in the future, James Wiseman. Right, maybe. maybe. James, James, I mean, James Wiseman is huge, too. He is. So it's like, and you know, he's still developing. He's kind of upset, or, you know, it's pretty unfortunate that, you know, James Wiseman got, you know, 
he tore his ACL this season in right. his rookie season. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But, you know, I think he'll come back and, you know, he'll he'll get a roll. It might take him some time, but, you know, get it. Yeah. Get it going. No, I agree. All right, so we're on agreement for the most part with that, uh, the all-NBA teams in the awards. So now it's time for bank robbers. Bank robbers. And you got to go first because I'm still debating. I'm, like, in my head right now. Okay, so for my bank robber, without a doubt, even though we talked about him earlier and, you know, how he wasn't really getting involved in the offense, we, without a doubt, or I, without a doubt, have to go with Joe Harris. Oh, my goodness. Brooklyn Nets. Killing Joe. So, you know, let me just, first of all, just to kind of set the tone for for this whole thing, let me just read Joe Harris's total stats for the Bucks series. So, in the whole entire series, Joe Harris got... 67 points, 26 for 72 shooting from the field. Just just from the field. 27 rebounds, and here's probably the worst one. Seven assists. And this is a seven-game series. A seven-game series. That is exactly one assist per game. <laughs> just one. Right. And not even 10 points a game. Just it, it, all around... Y'all just got to know that this is just it's, it's terrible. And, you know, he did he did get up at least 10 shots per game, it seems like. But he only made 26. About 35, 36%. Yeah, including a game where he went 1 for 11. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad. And when you break it down, like you said, it's about 9.5 points a game, a little less than four rebounds per game, one assist per game on 36% shooting. It's pretty yeah. terrible. And, again, you called it. You called it. I was I was not in agreement with you on that. I said, Joe Harris about to go out there. He's going to do his thing. And the shots just weren't there for him. Yeah. The closeouts were a lot quicker. And his lack of ball handling and playmaking ability really stood out. Yeah. So, so just, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I started to notice kind of early on that he wasn't quite as knocked down as I thought he was. Right. You did say that. I was like, man, dude from Utah is probably more knocked down than him. Which one? Bogdanovich? Uh, yeah, and I was like, he wasn't even really knocking down shots like that. Right. But, you know, he was playing better than Harris. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't really argue with you on that. For me, at first, like when I knew we were going to shoot the shoot this episode today, um, and this was a couple of days ago when we decided on it, I'm like, it's clearly going to be either Ben Simmons or Rudy Gobert. Because mm-hmm. I thought both of them were just atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Rudy Gobert didn't even block a lot of shots in their series, and offensively he was he was awful. Um, and Ben Simmons in games five through seven, uh, he didn't attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah, the he what did he get up like three shots throughout the four the entire series throughout yeah. the fourth quarter it in was, a seven game series. Yeah, it was pretty bad, right? Yeah. Um, and he like one game I think the closeout game he had like five points, but. I am going to go with the NBA. Again? I'm I, going to I feel go, like you went with that before. Did I go with the NBA? Well, I'm going to go with the NBA on this again, right? And more specifically, matter of fact, let me not say the NBA. Let me say the NBA teams and their lack of skill development departments. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like to me, over the course of the past 10 years or so, NBA teams are putting more money into analytics mm-hmm. equipment and advanced statisticians than they are to player development coaches. 
Yeah. Because there is no way on this earth that you should have a number one pick playing guard who literally cannot shoot. And usually when you say cannot shoot, we're saying like he or she is a bad shooter. Like 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 a Westbrook type. Don't he, throw Westbrook on hey, the hey, back. Hey, don't don't, listen, don't, don't we do that. Love, don't do that. We love Westbrook here. Don't do that. <laughs> don't know. Strike that record from the comment. We're saying that they're not a good shooter, right? Mm-hmm. With Ben Simmons, we're talking about the actual act of shooting a basketball. Mm-hmm. He could. He showed in that series that he could not shoot. He literally could not shoot. He attempted zero three-pointers. For the entire series, Dwight Howard attempted more three-pointers than him in the series. Wow. And he shot 32% from the free throw line. That's unheard of. Like, if you told me that 10 years ago that a starting point guard did that in the NBA, I would say you're lying. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even believe you, right? But then you go to other guards, right, who have been drafted recently. Uh, Markel Fultz, DMV guy, right? Mm-hmm. Literally could not shoot. Yeah, and that's right? and that's that's literally because cause he can shoot a little bit better now. Yeah. That's literally because he has something like going on. I mean, to a certain extent, but even the way he shoots now, it's not a fluid shot. And it's like that's one of the first things that you teach it. When you when I took you out to a basketball court when you were a little boy, we went so you could shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like you live it's not like go play defense or rebound. No, you have to know how to shoot. Lonzo Ball, another one. And mm-hmm. even LaMelo Ball to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic, right? These are guards who are really good guards who aren't great shooters. And it's like, I'm not understanding how you're allowing... Because it's going to get exposed eventually, mm-hmm. right? So how are you allowing these guys to continue to grow with your organization and they can't do the first thing that you're supposed to do in basketball? Mm-hmm. Which is shoot the ball. So, yeah, maybe not the NBA. But we're going to go with NBA teams' as, uh, development departments. Yeah, I actually think that Luka Doncic is a better shooter than people give him credit for. Um, but, you know, that's me. And, you know, I saw that whole Clippers series, and, yeah, he was definitely shooting. I mean, yeah, he makes a lot of tough shots, but he's not a great shooter. Luka Doncic, and it's even hard for him, and I know it sounds crazy because he hits so many tough shots. You rarely see him catch the ball off a kickout pass and just knock down the shot. Because he usually has the ball in his hand. What, but that's not, that's not good. Or even when it gets kicked to him and someone closes shallow, he doesn't usually shoot that. He'll, like, rock you to sleep and take a step back and shoot it or he'll drive by you. Yeah, I mean. Right? It seems like a little bit of a hole. It, it is. It absolutely, well, look at his free throw percentage. He doesn't shoot free throws well. That's yeah. one of the true measures of can someone shoot or not. Mm-hmm. Because it's. Everything is the all the the stuff is equal. All the variables are equal, right? Mm-hmm. Same distance. You got the same amount of time, unless you're Giannis, who takes twenty seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going with. So look, real quick, let's get into year and all because we only got a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. All right. So my first year and all mm-hmm. will CP three. Oh, hold on, we didn't even do it. We're supposed to go, yeah or no. Nah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah or no. Nah. Will CP3 finally win a championship? Uh, I'm going to go with yeah because I just feel like the Suns, you know, CP3 is going to come back soon. Even though I don't want it to happen, they're the last team that I want to win the championship. Yeah, you still hurt from that Lakers series. I get it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd even prefer the Clippers to win it over them. Oh wow! At this point, never thought that. And I happen. really don't like the Clippers. Right. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that they probably are. If I had to, if I had to place my money on it. Yeah, and I'm gonna say yeah as well. And obviously, uh, CP3 is in COVID protocols right now. Mm-hmm. Missed game one, but Devin Booker went off. Right, went yeah. crazy, forty point triple double. Um, and Kawhi is also out for the Clippers, so there's that. But he's also out for game two. I still think, like you said, he'll be back soon enough in that the the Suns, I think they're the favorites to win the championship right now. Yeah, hopefully hopefully someone from the East. I don't care if it's the Hawks or the Bucks. Hopefully right. someone <laughs> right. just pull through. Got it. All right, and so right now we have four teams left. Mm-hmm. Hawks, Bucks, Clippers. I just drew a blank. Clippers and Suns, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We have, out of those four teams, three of those teams are coached by Black men, mm-hmm. Hawks, Nate McMillan, Clippers, Ty Lue, Suns, Monty Williams. Yeah or no, a black coach is going to win the title this year. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we picked the Suns, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Budenholzer seems like a nice guy. I just don't, I actually think the Bucks are going to go to the championship. I just think the Suns are going to beat them. Unfortunately. Yes. Oh, my goodness. All right. And then, yeah or no, I'm going to throw this one in there because we just talked about Devin Booker, right? Stephen A. Smith said Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. Mm. Yeah or nah, mm. Devin, <laughs> Devin Booker will even come close to matching Kobe Bryant's legacy. Um, no. Because, you know, I will say this. You have to play both sides of the ball. Right. That's what everyone keeps saying. As well. Right? You have to play both sides of the ball. And Devin Booker, like... Kobe Bryant might be, besides, like, maybe, like, Jordan, might be the one dude where I'm like, okay, if I need someone to just hit any type of shot, like, right. say we're just down, and I need someone to hit any type of shot, I'm probably going with Kobe in, like, a game seven, like, one second, final yeah. shot, whoever, um, who, like, if you make it, you know, you take all. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to say now nah as well, and when I said that's what everyone was saying, that's the first thing. Anyone I talked to, or especially like your uncle said, well, Devin Booker don't play both sides of the ball like Kobe. Not mm-hmm. that he doesn't defend, but Kobe was one of the best defensive guards in the history of the game. Yeah. You know, and part of that is because he was maniacal about doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he there's a story about him talking to AI and Marbury and these different great guards saying, like, let me, let me guard you and, you know, in like Olympic practices and different things because I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Not too many people are built like that, right? Yeah. Even though I have gained a lot of respect for Devin Booker this year, he's really shown out. And, um, you know, I, we used to have an ongoing argument who's better between him, Bradley Bill, CJ McCollum. I think Devin Booker has definitely separated himself this year. Mm. And so, real quick, last one. Yeah or no, Ben Simmons traded this summer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just think I would have said no, nah, but then Doc Rivers kind of – I don't know if he intentionally threw him under the bus after the game when they said, can Ben Simmons be a point guard for you guys to win the championship? And he said, I don't know the answer to that question. He could have been a little bit more eloquent about it. But, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, going to be interesting. Then I rock with him. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say nah because I don't know anyone that's going to trade for him. Okay, well then, get waved. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, okay, we gotta close out now. All right, and with that being said, that's the end of the show. Take us on home. Yeah, so thank you guys for listening to another episode of Hoop Live with Sean Sean Podcast, episode 20 of season two, Talent in Table Salt. If you haven't already, go over to 
our podcast spreads five stars. Do everything that I always say, and you know, we're on all podcast platforms, wherever you get them from, and from our family to yours, peace. Peace.